0: Hey everybody, how are you doing? It's me, Robin Cunningham with Fireside Grace Ministries. So I've got to do a couple announcements real quick. Like and subscribe to our channel if you will be so kind and possibly share this if you want to, okay? I have a lot to give you. I've been released to share a little bit of information with you um, concerning some stuff. So I'm going to give you some revelation that's going to help you. Uh, so we're going to start doing Dream symbol, uh videos where we just do like a little 3 minute video about what a dream symbol would mean and why it means what it means. We're going to start trying to do live dream interpretation on Zoom, so we'll put out a invitation, everybody who wants to be a part of the live interpretation on Zoom where you will tell us your dreams and it's going to be free. You tell us your dreams, we will uh interpret it right there for everybody to see and we'll share it on Facebook for everybody to see. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know. Also, May 7th at 8 p.m., we will be interviewing Yvonne and Mina Atia, who you've probably seen on Sid Roth and Elijah List, Elijah Streams, all that stuff. Um, Actually, they learned from somebody that we also know, so I'm excited about that. Um, That's May 7th at 8 p.m. We switched the time from 1 a.m. because Asher stopped taking naps, okay? So, that's that. Okay, so like I said, like and subscribe, so let's get into it. So, I want to share with you. Holy Spirit told me to tell you a little bit about um, what's going on. And if you if you know me, you, the USMC symbol sticker in the back—that's not me. I'm not a Marine. My wife was not a Marine. Um, my dad was in the Corps. Uh, her uncle was a uh, was in the Marine Corps, but I wasn't. When we bought this truck, it had that sticker on it in the back. It's not our truck. (laughs) I mean, it's our truck. We own it now, but we tried to get the sticker off. We couldn't. Once a Marine, always a Marine. The truck stays a Marine. So when people ask, that's what I tell them. All right. So um, one thing the Holy Spirit wanted to tell me about was that people have been going through such a bad financial crisis. This whole COVID thing has hurt people so bad. So many people behind on their rent, thousands of dollars, several months and so forth. And, you know, um, not being able to pay child support and in it, you know, for people, that's difficult and it's stressful, you know? You could lose your home, lose your family and stuff. So I wanna share with you what the Lord did for us. Now, real quick, I wanna shamelessly plug our local uh, coffee company. It's Okoe Coffee on Okoe Street. I think it's Okoe Street or Okoe Road. We'll just say Okoe. If you live in Cleveland, Tennessee, you'll know. Uh, Highly recommend getting their coffee instead of Starbucks, Um, I'm sorry, St. Arbuck's, because who doesn't wanna walk around with this cool looking cup? Cheaper in price coffee. And it's good quality, it tastes real good. It's not so strong that it knocks your socks off and grows hair on your chest, but it's delicious and it does the trick. So, Okoe Coffee in Cleveland, Tennessee on Okoe Street, go drink it, it's good stuff. Now, dealing with finances, Brandy and I, you may not know this if you haven't followed us for a while, but Brandy and I went through a very difficult time financially, sorry, my nose keeps itching, um, in, in the recent past and we we lost our house. Uh, Brandy and I both lost our jobs right before we got, um, we moved into an, an RV. We were about to have a baby, we both lost our jobs. And you know, one thing Brandy did was she wanted a job where she could work from home, do uh, QA for you know a nursing home or something, work from home, set her own hours, basically, and get things done when she had a chance. And that, that kind of position didn't exist. So we spoke it into existence and literally had a company reach out to us from a friend of a friend and offer her that job. Well, then we, we ended up, both of us, uh, not having a job because after a little, she worked that for a while. And then after that, all of a sudden, They changed her job description and her position, and and that was that. So what happens, um, you know, God told us already to move into an RV, so we were already fixing to do that anyway. So our rent, God set us all up so that our rent would be taken care of. Well, you know, there have been financial struggles. Shortly after we moved into that RV, after a few months, if you live in Oklahoma, you know that you get five, six tornadoes a day during tornado season and you know anytime a storm rolls through you can expect to see it they have the like the highest count of tornadoes in the country uh, sometimes and so our house got hit by a tornado and it was totaled so uh, we were basically homeless for a while we lived at a camp in a koa for a little bit uh <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what i did <laughs> but um it's not anything bad it's just it's embarrassing um We ended up, through the whole COVID, we got a new trailer. It was twice as much as what we, a new RV, so we could travel. And it was twice, it was less in price, but it was twice as much. It had two bathrooms, two bedrooms, two floors. It was twice as much as everything because the devil told us we weren't getting anything for the trailer and they weren't going to total it. And then we, we wouldn't have a place to live. So we got twice as much. The Lord set us up with that. We got a new truck just before that. Uh, because Brandy's car got into an accident and got totaled, which was crazy, right? It was a, it was only like $6,000 worth of damage, but it was enough to total the, the car. So we ended up getting a pickup truck, and he set us up for that. So then we have a, this truck. We have a fifth-wheel trailer, and all of a sudden, we exposed something that was going on in Oklahoma City. That's all I can say about that. And we were informed by the FBI and some other people that um it was a very real possibility that the people that we exposed knew who exposed them and where we lived and stuff so we moved across the country and uh now uh we lived in alabama for a little while there and we had we were looking at a place that we wouldn't have been able to move with this truck but instead we decided to when we purchased our rv that we were living in at the time We are, we made sure that it was something that could be towed with this truck in case we had to leave. So God set us up for that. He set us up for it. So during the whole COVID pandemic where we should have been poor, we went, um, I want to say it was like 12 weeks without either of us having a paycheck uh, or four weeks or something like that. But we were so blessed by God that people sewed into us and all of our bills got paid. All of our bills got paid. That That's how good God is. And I, I just want to say, that's just the short version of the story. I'm not trying to like, um, trying to, I'm trying to pump you up to show you that, you know, if you're doing what God wants you to do, if you're out there um, sowing into people and praying and blessing people and being a blessing in the life, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's going to take care of you. He already said, if you're a Christian, you have this promise. He said in his word, he said, all of your needs have been met according to the riches in Christ's glory. And Paul said not to pray. Get out of here. Paul said not to believe in Jesus' name. Don't pray. Don't give out of compulsion. And that doesn't mean don't give because you're feeling like um, you're, uh, what, what's the word? Impul- impulsive. People mix up compulsive with Impulsive but to, to give out of compulsion means to give because you have a need or you feel like you have a need or someone's telling you you have to give so you're being forced to paul says just basically decide what you're going to give beforehand and he said and he said this to the people that he was talking to he said just put aside a little bit every week so that way when you when i come i don't have to go knocking on from door to door and asking you for a tithe Just give what you can give so we can just collect it all at once. And not only was that a time saver, but it was so that nobody would feel like they had to do it. And so when people say, if you have a need, then sow money into that need and then God will meet your need. Well, that's not biblical. God's already met your need. Now, that's not the message that I want to talk about today. But I do want to let you know that God's already met your needs. He's already met your needs, all of them. Physical, romantic relationship, finances, uh, work, employees, your your phone, your bills, your food, your children, all of it. He's met all of your needs, and all you have to do is just receive it. And just declare it now people think that the whole name it and claim it thing they say you're you're making something out of nothing you can't do that that's not biblical nobody made anything out of nothing i just want want you to know that that god didn't make anything out of nothing god made everything out of himself by his word everything that we see is a physical manifestation of god's word could god create something out of nothing maybe but that would mean that he would have had to have not existed because before god existed all that existed was him and so We all exist in him as a manifestation of his word in some way, shape, or form. Isn't that something to think about? Isn't that kind of interesting? But he's already met all of your needs. So I'm just loosing right now into you blessings, into your finances. Um, There's people, I don't know, I feel like I'm hearing in the spirit right now, someone's like a massage therapist or a masseuse or whatever you call it. And he's loosing... I feel specifically like he's saying you felt like you don't want to do it anymore, that you want to find a new job, but he's going to lose blessings into you right now that's going to bring in thousands and thousands of dollars and even a new business through that. So even though you don't feel like you want to do it, um, pursue and persist a little longer because he says after you've opened your other business, you're going to be able to hire other people to work for you and do that job so you can make an income and not have to do that and you can do other things also as well. So that's pretty cool. But um, well, I loosen to you right now. Blessings in the name of Jesus. I loose finances to come in right now. I'm seeing people named uh, Carol and Ann and and Sue and um, uh, Linda for some reason. And, and I just feel like... Um, <laughs> that's good. And I just feel like... Thumbs up to you who just commented. I feel like... Um, I'm just gonna loose this here right now. Who, Who is, I see a Larry, a Linda, which could be me and my wife because that's our nicknames for each other. I loose these finances right now in Jesus' name. I lose supernatural insight and divine wisdom right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare that you will have financial breakthrough within the week in the name of Jesus, okay? Um, so now, what I wanna talk about is this next thing that God told me to talk about. And this whole thing, this whole video is going to be a prophetic message, so you know. So you don't have to fast forward ahead. I'm going to give you stuff about the audits. I'm going to give you stuff about other stuff that's coming on. But this is what Holy Spirit wants you to know. So the next thing he told me was that one of the most effective things that I could teach today was people are asking. He said people who are watching this video are asking themselves, what do I do uh, with my basically my life with my spiritual walk god what am i called to do what's my purpose am i an evangelist am i a healing minister am i a teacher a preacher a pastor an apostle you know a prophet what's my what's my call in the ministry and he says you're all of those things and none of those things (laughs) it was so confusing why would he say that uh by saying that what he's saying is you're you're called to be christ on this earth Okay, So was Christ an evangelist? Absolutely. You can't deny that he was an evangelist. He would go out on the streets and preach and lay hands on the sick and heal them. Was he a healer? Yes, he was a healer. He operated in all the gifts. He was uh, one of the people that he showed us what the fivefold ministry would do in each aspect. By being that person. Well, we're called to be Jesus Christ here on earth. We're called to be Jesus to these people. We're called to put on the image of Jesus to the people around us. So in 1 Corinthians 9, you see, Paul says, I'm a Jew to the Jews. I came under the law to those who are under the law, though I'm not under the law, but I'm free. He said, I became weak to the weak. And, and he said, I, I, was, I am made all things to all men so that by all means... I might save some. And so we're not called to be just a deliverance minister or a prophet or a pastor or a preacher or any like that. That's your, those are like extra callings, but what we're called to be is Christ to the people. And I know that's hard to understand. Um, Paul said, why did he say he did all this stuff? I think it was in verse like 23. So it's like verses like 17 through 23, 1 Corinthians 9. Somewhere around there don't don't hold me to exactly but I know it's right around there and he says I do all these things so that I can become part a partaker with you. Well, what's he talking about being a partaker? Well, first Peter, he's talking about being a partaker of the divine nature. And I know Peter and Paul are different people, but we're called to be partakers of the divine nature. So if we're called to put on Jesus, the armor is the image of Jesus Christ that we're called to put on. We're supposed to be operating through him and in his realm or sphere. So like he, put, he puts us on like a glove like he did with Midian. We're called to put him on and he puts us on. And so we're walking around, the first person that lays a hand on a sick person is Jesus. It's not you. The moment it becomes about you, you've taken off your armor, you've taken off the image, and now, now you're laying hands on the sick and trying to heal them with your hands. But it's God's hands. Another thing, just right now, Holy Spirit reminded me of people who say, God, why haven't you healed them? I've been praying, why haven't you healed them? He said, I have healed them according to my word. By Jesus's stripes, they're healed. I commanded you to lay hands on them. You lay hands on them. So stop pointing the finger at God for not healing. It was you who was commanded to lay hands on them. But anyway, Paul said, I've been made all things to all people. Why did he do that? Why did Paul say, I've been made all things to all people? Because he was being, uh, what's the word, uh, opposable. Not not like people are opposing him. But he was, hey, Matt and Brittany, whichever one of you it is. Oh, so glad to see you guys. Um, but he was being opposable as in like a thumb. He's flexible. He can do... Anything that he needs to do for any person so that he can be all things to every all people. Like, for example, I, I had a small stint in the military, very short, not very long. And so I can relate to military people in some respect. Uh, I've been a firefighter. I've been a cashier. I've been a manager. I've been a minister. I've been a druggie. I've been an alcoholic. I've been a Satanist. I've been a Christian. I've been all of these things. And that, that's not... It's not so, like, I didn't go through that because I needed that so that I could be an effective evangelist. But it's, I'm able to relate more with other people and share the gospel in some way, shape, or form so that I can get somebody saved. So don't worry and get hung up on whether or not you're called to be an evangelist or a deliverance minister or a preacher or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is that you're serving God and you're being an effective minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, Jesus prophesied. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. Paul said that. He said, all can prophesy, but not everyone's a prophet. So, Jesus was a prophet. Don't get me wrong. I believe he was a prophet. He said he was a prophet. He says, Jerusalem doesn't accept the prophets. They kill the prophets. (laughs) How about that? Jerusalem kills the prophets. That's exactly the title that you want to have over your city, right? Ah, Jerusalem, the city of prophet slayers. Ugh. No. (laughs) I don't think so. Let me just get a cup of my coffee and simmer down here. Okoe Coffee Company in Tennessee. Go check it out. (laughs) So, Jesus prophesied. But he didn't have to be a prophet to prophesy. It says um, in the Bible there it mentions that there were two two women who prophesied who were not prophets. And then it says a prophet came and prophesied to Paul. So anybody can prophesy. Anybody can heal and lay hands on the sick and and see them healed and recover. You don't have to be born with this gift. Yes, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he sees fit, which means he looks at a situation and he says I, this person needs this. Let me manifest through you this way. That's what that's talking about. It's not saying you only have the gift if Holy Spirit says you have the gift. All of those gifts are inside the Holy Spirit that's in you. So it's not about even the gift set. You don't need to have the gift of healings. And that's plural in the Bible, by the way. It's not just healing, it's healings with an S at the end. You don't have to have the gift of healings or the gift of prophecy to prophesy because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you you have everything that you need inside of you to accomplish anything that god has called you to and all you have to do is stay in the image of god when it says in revelation that the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy what it's saying is not only that when you when you give your testimony you're prophesying about the goodness of jesus why is that prophecy why is that prophecy because you're not foretelling the future when you're giving your testimony so why is that prophecy It's prophecy because prophecy doesn't just mean to foretell the future, but it means to foretell the heart of God, to foretell the heart of God. So when you're giving your testimony and you're evangelizing to a person, you're prophesying about Jesus because you're forth telling this person what the heart of God is. And that is that he wants them to be saved. He wants them to be healed. He wants them to come into the kingdom. So you're prophesying by sharing your gospel. And then what happens? You get a word of knowledge. Well, where did that word of knowledge come from? Do you have to have the gift of the words of knowledge? No, the spirit is within you. Someone asked Smith Wigglesworth, what do you do if you're praying someone and you don't have a gift to get that person healed or to get your prayer answered? He said, when the spirit doesn't move, I move the spirit. Now, what else does it mean when it says this? the, prophet, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? It's not just saying that when you are telling your testimony that you're prophesying, it's saying that when the Holy Spirit manifests, through signs and wonders and miracles and prophecies and laying out of hands and casting out devils and speaking in tongues and all these awesome cool things, dream interpretation and whatever, it's saying that the Holy Spirit is testifying and validating that the message that you are sharing right now is true and accurate and he's going to back you up when you do it. People say, well, how come I don't have these kinds of stories in my life? How come I don't have these miracles and these awesome things that have gone on in my life? Because you never took the step forward to do it. You saw a person walk past you that had Corona or a face mask on and they're coughing. You're like, they're sick. Should I go pray for them? The answer is always, yes, go pray for them. It's not that hard because Jesus commanded us to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, That's his word. That's his promise. Do you believe the word of God is 100% real and true and accurate? Then go lay hands on them and instead of saying, well, I don't think it worked. It doesn't look like it worked. You just do it. You just step forward. That's how you do it. That's how you move in the Holy Ghost. You step out and you do it. And then you stop doubting and stop getting inside your head and shutting yourself down and saying it doesn't look like anything happened. Or you don't have to. Here's another thing. People think you have to get prayed up, that you have to be prayed up in order to pray for people. You should be praying every day. Yes. But listen, listen to this. It says Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray, and somebody stopped them and asked for alms. And what did they do? Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. Stand up and walk. Stand up and walk. And then everybody was looking and they were saying, these guys are gods. These guys are gods. And then he says, he says, (laughs) right. You're right, Matt. He says to the people, I'm not a god. This was Jesus manifesting to show you what he did was right. And then he goes and he gets on this kick like Peter did. He must have been really butthurt. All right. Pardon my French about um, Jesus being crucified because he says, Jesus, whom you crucified. And then the, the, the Pharisees were like, how dare you try and lay blame on us for, persi- for killing Jesus? We didn't kill him. We just handed him over to Pontius Pilate and convinced the crowd to convince Pilate to kill him. We didn't do the killing. He did the killing. <laughs> so he was like offending, he was offended and he was offending them, so this is what we've got to do, we've got to get up and start moving in the spirit of God, by actually getting out and doing these things, do we need to be prayed up, no, guess what, Peter and John were on their way to the temple, they didn't have a chance to get prayed up at church, we should live prayed up, we should be spending, We look, we don't have a prayer life we have a life of prayer as christians meaning that your life revolves around prayer not that you somehow slip prayer time into your life for 15 minutes here 20 minutes there 30 you pray constantly because paul said pray unceasingly that means never stop i can hear myself praying in tongues even right now as i'm speaking to you we never stop we are always prayed up do you need to fast Fasting is good, but do you need to fast to cast out devils? I know there's a verse that says this one comes out not but praying and fasting. But how is Jesus, I think this this scripture gets a little twisted. How is Jesus going to say to his disciples whom he just said to the Pharisees, they don't have to fast because I'm not dead yet. How is he going to say to his disciples before he died, you can't cast these out because you ain't fasted, Because you're not fasting you can't cast these devils out because it only comes out by prayer and fasting. Here's what actually happened. He said that, actually, I want to tell you this, the truth, that that in every single instance in the New Testament where it says this kind comes out not by, but by prayer and fasting, that was actually added to the Bible after it was written, just so you know. But it, it validates that there is a legitimacy to praying and fasting. And that that does help you to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. But... Let's just ignore that and just see what was going on here when that happened. Why couldn't they cast out that devil was causing that kid to have seizures? Because Paul walked up on them and it says that the disciples were arguing with the crowd about why the child was not healed. And before that, it said they were arguing over who was the greatest of them. So they were in doubt and disbelief and they were accusing... I dare say they were accusing and hurting the faith of the father because Jesus came up to the Pharisees and said, "What are you talking to my disciples about?" He was going to defend them. He was, and he did defend them. And he said, "Master, your disciples tried to cast this devil out of my son, and they couldn't do it. Why?" And and he said, "If you if you can if you can heal him, please heal him." And Jesus said, "If I can, if you believe." Anything can be done if you believe. So then Jesus flips it on that guy and the guy starts crying because he's like, all right, all right, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Help my disbelief. Help my unbelief. And then Jesus goes and casts out that devil. <laughs> and then his disciples asked him, why couldn't we cast it out? But they were just standing there arguing with each other. And accusing each other and accusing the people of why they couldn't cast the devil out. They were making it about them and not about Jesus. They were making it about them and not about the kingdom of God. And I I just like, it blows my mind. All right, let's get back on track, okay? I could go on for a long time about how we can move in the, in the spirit of God. Do you need to listen to worship music all day, every day? There are a lot of things that you can do to get it out, but the number one thing that you can do to get the Holy Spirit to move is to move yourself. It's it's embarrassing and uncomfortable. Listen, I, I know how this goes. I was a young Christian. It's embarrassing and uncomfortable to go out And ask a person who's sick if you can pray for them, knowing that they might say no. Isn't it? Knowing that I'm from New York. You ask the wrong person if you can pray for them, and they are going to cuss you out. And that's just a normal thing. They just cuss you out randomly. You don't even have to be a Christian, but they'll cuss you out if you say, can I pray for you? It happened to me at Walmart. I just saw a random lady and say, hey, the Lord told me that you had high blood pressure. Can I pray for you? She cussed me out. She said, my father's a Baptist preacher and my grandfather's a Baptist preacher and you shouldn't be out here laying hands on people unless you were sent by God and I was like well I was commissioned in Matthew 28 so here I am (laughs) and so and I was like okay well you have a you have a great day I love you be blessed and I just went like that and said be healed in Jesus name and walked away it's embarrassing it's uncomfortable look you don't know if you're gonna be right when you give someone a prophetic word look I've hung out with Matt and Brittany, and there was this one time I was at Starbucks with Matt and our friend Carrie, who I don't know, I haven't even heard from here for years. Uh, it just doesn't matter. But anyway, um, hanging out with them, and I, I, I just, I look at this person, and, you know, I give her a word, and she just starts crying. And I just walk away, like, no big deal. You know, I got my coffee, let me put some creamer in it. she's crying because she needed to hear that, right? And Matt's like, whoa, but let me tell you something. I consistently have fear about not being right when I prophesy or when I prophesy to someone. And that's a hard thing for me to overcome, but I do it. I do it anyway because it's the devil that's trying to tell you not to do it. It's not easy. You're like, oh, he's Robin, he's a super prophet you know like <laughs> like he knows things he i look i have this ability look i can feel a person's emotions i can look into a person's heart i mean i can look you in the eyes and i can see in your heart and see what's going on in your life or in your past god will tell me these things i can tell you what things you're doing wrong and what things you're doing right i can see that i can interpret your dream and get a word of knowledge that will just blow blow your mind but i still I still have a hard time feeling like I'm not right. Does that make sense? But what do we do? We don't let fear stop us from moving forward in the spirit of God. We can't live in fear because it says perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with condemnation. And what does that mean? That means that you feel like you're going to be wrong, you're going to be judged, and then you're going to be punished for it but we don't live under that condemnation anymore. Okay, so that's it for that part of the prophecy. So let's go into the rest of the prophecy. Then I'm going to tell you more of what God showed me of what we're going to expect to see in the body of Christ. This is going to be good stuff. All right, so within days, um, within days, evidence will be found even today, starting today. Uh, that will be enough to overturn the results of 11 3. Um, they will find ink sources, printers that were in government offices, ballots from out of states, signatures from dead people. Not all this stuff is common sense, but they're going to find it so conclusively even in one day. Um, the audits, they have everything that they need uh, until May 15th, but they're, they won't even need it until May 15th, but they're going to keep um, processing more and going over more stuff and coming up with a case while they're there. So we need to pray for protection of that stuff because the enemy has already tried to plan to strike it, um, and destroy everything. And so we need to pray for that. So this whole thing has been a setup from God. He says that all of the States already have all of the proof that they need in order to shut this down and make a case, um, he showed me that Mike Lindell was going to receive the Medal of Freedom from Donald John Trump in his next State of the Union address. So um, I'm excited to see that first State of the Union address that Donald Trump gives, which is going to be very soon. Um, Trump will be deemed a Humanitarian of the Year. Isn't that interesting? For everything that he's done, um, not just being nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, but he's going to get that. But for what he does to end human trafficking, he's going to receive that. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Lord also said that, uh, God is laughing right now because he knows that all of this is coming to an end and it's coming to an end rapidly. Um, then he said, uh, Gavin Newsom's recall will not end in vain. He will not be, um, excused or dismissed from the recall. He is going bye-bye period. I don't know if it's going to be, uh, because of the recall, but he's, he's going to go. And it says he will not evade justice. So some things that he's been doing, I guess, are illegal. He's not going to evade justice. Um, He also said that Cuomo will not evade justice. His time in office is coming to an end within the next few months. Uh, I would prefer weeks, but months is what I feel like it's going to be. So when Trump returns, many senators will be voted out um, because not everyone's going to be completely removed right at first, but many will be voted out. Um, Many will be impeached and many others will be indicted of crimes and treason and uh, fraud and embezzlement and all this other stuff that you're gonna see um, basic general corruption in general. All right, the Michigan DA is going to be dishonored, discredited, and disbarred. Uh, that's a rough one, right? And uh, so is somebody in Georgia, um, two people in Georgia. What he told me was that two people in Georgia, um, I think the governor and the secretary of state were going to be removed for scandal that ha- is plaguing their office. So that's uh, that's something to keep your eyes on. Um, then uh, the Michigan district attorney, we covered that. Let me just flip over to the next page here. Um, for some reason, this is what God said. He said, Vermont will discover major discrepancies in their electoral process from 11-3. And so we will see Vermont flip. Um, <clears throat> he said to pray because there was a tragedy planned in Delaware. Um, I felt like it was something to do with some form of terrorism, possibly a shooting or something like that. Actually, when I saw it, it was something that happened in the subway um, leading into another state or something like that. But um, we need to pray against that so that that doesn't happen. The Lord said that large smuggling rings will be busted at the southern border of Texas. Um, And he said that he's going to collapse smuggling tunnels that were tunneling underground into the country um in different places like california on their southern border arizona um new mexico um, and texas and we would see these tunnels being collapsed and it will expose traffickers they'll be caught in the process caught in action and so forth the tunnels will be shut down they will follow the tunnels to where they lead to and they will bust people at the ends of the tunnels um The Lord said that revival and reform is coming to California. It may only be short-lived in California, but we need to pray for California to stop and change what they are doing um, in their leadership and completely change and remove the leadership and put in righteous leaders or else California will cease to be a state. They will cease to exist. so as I was praying, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge and he said that somebody who's watching this video might be right now or it might be in the future, I'm not sure. Um, but he said, you're having a pain in the left knee. Um, he said, you tore something in your knee, a tendon or a, a ligament or something like that and um, or some cartilage or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but you tore something and now you need a brace on your leg to walk. Um, it was like one of those black tight things that you put on your knee, kind of like that. But I also saw like metal pieces, maybe... Um, maybe you have metal in your knee or something, but I saw metal pieces and um, the Lord said, said that you would, that the doctors are telling you that there's a chance that you could need surgery, but he's giving you complete healing right now. So I loose that healing into you right now. I command your uh, knee to be totally healed and whole right now in Jesus name. All metal melt and dissolve away. Cartilage be restored tendons and ligaments be restored in Jesus Christ's most holy and precious name. I command complete and total healing. Amen. And we expect complete and total healing. Okay. Now, here's what the Lord said we're going to see in the church as the body of Christ. I'm sorry, my camera's being all wonky and the screen just went dark. So, okay. Um, What we can expect to see in the body of Christ. We're going to start seeing accelerated prophecies being fulfilled, incredibly accurate and documented words of God coming to pass, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and so forth, will be incredibly accurate and increasing. Each member of the church is going to start having mountaintop experiences, angelic visitations, Jesus encounters, and and more. So you're going to be seeing all kinds of crazy things going on. Everybody's going to have a mountaintop experience. Everybody's going to have an angelic visitation. Everyone's going to see manifested glory. This is what's coming to the body of Christ. This is the move of God. You're going to see that starting now. Um, After Pentecost, you're going to see dreams start to uptick and go up. You're going to see people start praying in the streets for hours. I mentioned this in yesterday's um, prophecy that you would see people forming Christian mobs, so to speak, where they'd be praying in tongues and disrupting violence and so forth, and just shutting down things and taking back nations, where people are doing prayer walks up and down streets and around entire cities and shutting down all demonic works that are going on in the city. And you're going to see reform and change happen rapidly in those cities and states. Uh, he showed me that, uh, we're going to be, uh, seeing dreams being more common. He's going to pour out his spirit on this day and in, in, in Pentecost, that's May 23rd this year. He's going to pour out his spirit in a very great measure. And so we're going to see more people showing up on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok or wherever you watch for your, for your videos or whatever, um, that it's going to be as common as pennies after Pentecost, is what he said. So he said, it's time to start writing down your dreams. He's already told Brandy and I this in advance. So we're going to start doing live dream interpretation on Zoom, like I said in the beginning of the video. Let me know if you're interested in that. And we're going to start doing little two or three minute videos of what dream symbols mean out of our dream symbol dictionary, which I did actually bring outside with us. Uh, with me into the truck just find it here we have an actual dream dictionary you can get on amazon just type in robin and brandy cunningham and you'll be able to find us relatively relatively quickly so we're already prepared for this we've got our courses ready we're going to be teaching and okay that's all that i have for you for today i love you guys be blessed and until next time see ya